Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, I want to minister this morning about uh, a perfect protection. You know, uh, we need the protection. And, you know, we buy a lot of protection. Uh, we have insurance on our, on our equipment. We have insurance on our houses, our cars, our life, right? Our health. They call it health insurance. Uh, <laughs> This is the actual health insurance. Amen. That's a just in case insurance, probably. It's good when you don't have when you don't meet your deductible, <laughs> because you know God is keeping you well. Amen. Amen. We don't need to get it in the mindset of well, we just wasted money this year on health insurance because uh, we didn't even meet our deductible. No, we're walking in health. Amen. Amen. So, uh, let's go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy in chapter 3, please. Pastor Ron's like, I'm not going to be before you long on the communion. And I said, uh, he says, but I got a lot here. <laughs> and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try not to be long on my message, but I have a lot here. You know. You know how it is. So I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to be long. But I will get you out of here around 12. Amen. Last week we were out early. So I'm just going to take what Pastor left on the table and just add it to... Does that work like that? I had time to run up to the Baptist church and go to church there. What? No. <laughs> uh, Reverend Copeland, Richard Copeland, he's been a pastor here in our town for many, many years, over 50 years. Was it 60 plus? And he retired. And so he has been an important part in my family and my children. He used to drive the bus for the, for the choir. His wife taught uh, choir at the high school. So Kirby, yeah, because he would hit curbs. Uh, so... <laughs> The, the kids called him Kirby. Maybe that might be, no. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't get curbs. <laughs> but he took it with stride, and uh, he's been a blessing to my family. My parents go to church there. My grandma went to church there. I went to every vacation Bible school there. And uh, so uh, just, he, and he's been a great support here at our church as well. And so I, I was able to get up there and, and um, my mom, she's like, you, got, you left early, huh? I said, no, we got done early. <laughs> He's, she, she was shocked by that because she knows faith builders. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Let's read in verse uh, 3. 1 Timothy in verse, uh, chapter 3 and verse 1. This is, true, this is a true saying, if man desires the office of a bishop. You know what? That is not what I want. Praise the Lord. 
Let me see if it's in the other Timothy. Yes, 2 Timothy. I've got a lot of typos, so you're going to bear with me today, yes? Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy. Thank you, audiovisual. You guys are awesome. And uh, chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come. Uh, this was written a long time ago. And you know what? They thought they were in the last days, and they were. The, the day that Jesus died and rose from the grave and was seated at the right hand of the Father, we have been in the last days. But you know what? We are the group of people that has been closer to the last days than anybody else. Amen? <laughs> uh, but um, it doesn't matter if the last day is today. 10 years from now or 100 years from now, Amen. we need to be ready. Yes. Because we're not guaranteed 100 years. You know, Amen. I know I'm not guaranteed 100 more years. I, I'd be the oldest woman living if that was the case. So I know I don't got 100 years. So we have to be ready. And we live in a perilous time. Can I get a witness? It is, it is a, a, a perilous world out there. Things are happening all around us. You turn on the news for five seconds and you're going to see it. Uh, whether it be, you know, what the government's doing, what other nations are doing, uh, what our state is doing, or what the local happenings are. There's, you know, there's car wrecks, there's people dying, there's mass shootings. It's everywhere. Robbings, right? Attacks. You're like, wait a minute, Pastor Marie. We're in faith builders. <laughs> what are you talking about? We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Okay? So, yes, it's perilous times out there, but we don't have to partake of them. <laughs> Amen? But we do need to be ready. And uh, some versions of the Bible, and you guys might have a different version, the perilous means dangerous, right? Or not safe. And we don't need to get way out there and say, you know, we're not going out in that world. We're not participating because it's not safe out there. What that does is put fear in our life. But it's so indoctrinated in our everyday life. I'm a school teacher. Deborah's a school teacher. Ms. Doris, you, you've been a school teacher, and you've probably seen a big changes over the years. Now, I can guarantee that in her younger years of teaching, she didn't have to teach her kids about stranger danger on campus or you know, school shootings or anything like that. It's out there. It's real. And um, kids get a little freaked out when you have to practice the drills. But you have to practice them. And I love being in Arkansas, especially Clarksville, because they had teachers as toters. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> because if someone came on our campus, they were going to get answered by a lot of people. Amen. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, I, I, you know, what happened down in Texas is, is a crying shame that it didn't get answered. For an hour, was it? 
I'm like, that wouldn't have happened at Clarksville. We had a threat last year in Clarksville at, at, at the primary school. And people from other buildings came and lined up around our school that were certified gun toters. They lined up around. We had to stay in the building. We were able to move around the building. But they were all lined up, ready to go, from the top administrator to the kindergarten teachers. They were lined up, ready to go, to protect our children. Uh, One of our toters down there, she had a para that was there. And we were going through our training. Everybody has to go through some of the training. And... uh, she, they said, don't let anybody in the room. Don't let anybody in the room till there's an announcement. Don't let anybody in the room. And they're like, well, what if it's Miss So-and-so knocking on the door? And the trainer that has trained Miss So-and-so said, if she's coming to the door, the intruder is dead because she has taken him out because she's that good. He trusted her. This is a trainer that doesn't see them but once a year. Now, they go through training with the police department month by month, but this was the, a nationwide trainer. He had enough confidence in that one kindergarten teacher that they would annihilate the intruder. Amen. Mike, that's right, and she is right across from me. Amen. <laughs> I wasn't scared one bit because I trusted in the training. Amen. I trusted in the process. I trusted in the system. So there's perilous times out there. And, you know, it, it happens every day. But it's our mindset, it's our heart condition that deals with those things. When we have to do the training, I rest assure them, children, that we are protected. And I will do whatever possible to keep them safe. And that no evil is going to befall them. Amen. <laughs> I say it just like that. And they're like, okay. And they feel confident. They're not freaking out. They're not. I don't allow, I don't allow my class to freak out anyway because we don't freak out. My God don't freak out. So we don't freak out. God has a plan for us. <clears throat> There's things everywhere. And, and it's so indoctrinated in us that people say, well, how's the world treating you? Well, I don't care what the world's doing. I care how God's treating me. <laughs> We don't answer it. We don't answer how the world's treating us. My life is not controlled by the way the world treats me. My God is contro- or my life is controlled about uh, uh, how I'm living what God told me to do. Yeah. Amen. So I'm not dictated by what the world is doing. I'm moved by what God is doing in my life. That's what I respond to. Under the circumstance, I'm not under anything. I'm an overcomer. Amen. We're not under anything. Well, considering, considering what? The word or what the world's doing? Or what our government's doing? Considering what, who's in charge. Don't care. Now, I'm going to vote how God tells me to vote, but I don't care what they're doing. I'm not going to allow myself to get upset about that. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Amen? Amen. So, God knows what's coming in this world. God knows what's going to happen in this world. He's an all-knowing God. 
So if he knows, don't we have a right to partake of what he's going to do during those times? Because we belong to him. Yes. Amen? Amen? We don't even want to leave our house without knowing or having a confidence that God is our protector. That God is our provider. Amen? We don't even want to leave. I drive up 83rd in the morning. Is anybody else a go 83rd, this little road here? We need God's protection on that road. <laughs> I, I work at uh, Mize Elementary up here, and I, I travel every morning between uh, 7... I try to leave between 7.15 and, and 7.40. Somewhere around there. And then they put this wonderful stoplight in there. Jesus. <laughs> and it was backed up to Steve's Meat Market the other day. And, I'm, and then I get past finally, and it's backed up to, to, to Waverly Road. I'm like, oh, what? Jesus, what were they thinking? And people were on the side of the road because they ran into each other. Just what I'm going past, I have seen at least two or three fender benders coming and going in the morning and the afternoon. A week. Not just since I've been working, a week. And I was on my way home, and then, you know, a couple cars were put. One morning there were seven cars involved. <laughs> but this was uh, Friday. There was a couple cars on the side. I'm like, Lord, they need to fix this highway. And I keep saying that they need to fix this. They need to fix it. And the Lord's like, you need to answer it. I said, yes, sir. I said, Lord, I just declare right now that my angels are in charge and camped around my vehicle. Lord, that no harm will come to my car. Not one scratch, not one fender bender, not one dent. No harm will come to my body. No harm, no calamity, no foul play. Lord, I thank you for your protection in my life. Answered it. And as I'm driving down the road, you, you might not see it, but my angels are just guiding along with me, keeping everybody away. It is a spiritual bubble wrap. Amen? I don't want to downplay that. But the, the angels encamp around us when we charge them to. Amen. Now, faith comes by hearing, Right? And so we need to get around things and we need to hear things and we need to read things about the protection plan of God in our life so that our faith can be built in those areas. So let's go to Psalms 91, amen? Amen. And I'm going to read from a different version, but I'm going to read from the uh, English version. And not only do we need to get around and get our faith built, but we need to listen and obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to be in a situation and something happens and you said, you know what, something was trying to tell me. What it says is like, you didn't listen to me. Have you ever said that to your kids? You didn't listen to me, right? You were getting on to them. So when you say, you know, something was trying to tell me, what you're saying is I didn't listen to my father, I didn't listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be in that situation. Uh, years ago, we used to do a, what was called an Operation Christmas. And we uh, rented out this uh, high, uh, school down in Kansas City. 
And we had, I think we had 5,000 toys. And we got them all up in this attic back here in the old sanctuary, believe it or not. And um, Pastor Michelle and I were in our van that we used to have for the church. And we were picking up toys off of, I think it was Parallel Parkway, somewhere over there at the Walmart or something. And we stopped and ate. And, and I was telling her about a dream I had. I said, you know what I had a dream about tonight? Because that night was the event. And I said, um, there was a gentleman that used to come here, with Mr. Mendez, and he was going to be in charge of the back door. I said, and people were coming in the back door taking our to- toys. And she's like, oh, yeah. And we kind of laughed about it, you know. And then uh, she started praying for over our meal, and she started praying protection. Or, uh, and God was trying to show us, and it just came out like she wasn't planning to pray that way, and she started praying that way. And we get to the, um, the event, and some people that were in the toy section got pulled for the ministry section. And so we had skeleton crew on the toy section. And the first, and we had, was with a church that didn't uh, remember Joseph, <laughs> that didn't uh, remember or d- didn't have our heart for the vision of what was going on. And uh, uh, they were helping us with the toys. And what was happening, that first group of people were people, friends of that church. And I don't remember the church's name or anything like that. And they loaded. They were supposed to get two toys per kid. They loaded them up the first round. The time we came back around the second round, most of our toys were gone. And we had some people in the hallway, packed, full. God was talking to us. Not only did he show me a dream, but he also gave Pastor Michelle a prayer. We should have stopped right then and there and said, what do you want us to do? Don't just say the dream and say a prayer. Yes, we should. But then say, God, what do you want us to do? Holy Spirit, lead us so this doesn't happen. And we could have had it fixed. Amen. Amen? But we didn't. We just went on our merry way. We said the prayer. Ask for wisdom. It says, if you don't have wisdom, ask. So we need to ask. Amen? So we need to listen and obey. If we're just talking, we're not listening. That's why I tell my students, if you're talking, you're not listening. If you're talking, you're not learning. If they're talking over me while I'm teaching the lesson, they're not learning. Case closed. Can I get a witness, teachers? I'm looking at one little girl across the room. What did I just ask? I said, exactly. You were talking. You weren't listening. So we, sometimes we need to say, what do you want me to hear? And then let him speak. Quit cutting him off. Don't say, I know, I know, I know. Yes, Lord, I'll do what you say. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Let's read. Uh, I'm going to read this version, the English version. Uh, we're going to start in one. It says, Who, whoever goes to the Lord for safety, whoever remains under protection of the Almighty, can say to him, you are my defender and protector. You are my God. In you, I trust. Right there it says, um, can say to him. 
Now, I want you guys to see there that God has a part. He is our defender and he's our protector. And then we have a part. And that's where a lot of times it's missed. God's protection is missed because we don't do our part. Like I said, when that situation happened with the toys, we had a part to play. Yes, we prayed. Yes, we, we seen it. But we didn't stop to recognize him and what he wanted us to do. And right here it says, I will say. That's our part. We got to say. He's my protector and my defender. Amen? We got to say that. Now that gets uncomfortable in the world today. Because, you know, COVID is around. Because school shootings are around. Because you got to drive 83rd and you just never know. Right? You just never know. Has anybody ever heard that before? Has anybody ever said it? Have you ever said Don't raise your hands. <laughs> you just never know. You just never know what will happen. You just never know when you're going to get an offender bender. You just never know when you're going to get COVID. It's not if you get it. It's when you get it. Yeah. Hello. You just never know. Have you heard it? Here's what I know. And here's what I'm going to say. He is my protector. Amen. And he's my defender. Amen. Say that with me. He is my protector. He is my protector. And he is my defender. He is my defender. I do know. Amen. It is up to us to say, obey, and believe it. Say, obey, and believe it. That's our part. He's going to do his part, but we've got to do our part. Amen. Uh, let's read out of the King James Version. It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God in him will I trust. Amen? Amen. We got to say it. God doesn't put that in his word for us to say, oh, yeah, that's nice. We have to say something. Our, uh, our covenant with God is voice activated. You're going to say what you believe. You're going to say what you truly think. You're going to say it. And when you start saying what God says, don't worry about what everybody else says. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Your life depends on it, what you're saying. It depends on what you believe. Just because it makes a few people uh, uncomfortable or they think you're crazy for saying stuff, I'd rather be protected and let people think I'm crazy. I'd rather be have a defense than let people th- than worry about if people think I'm crazy or not. I don't, I don't care. Amen. I wouldn't do a lot of stuff if I thought if I was worried about what people thought. I wouldn't be behind this pulpit, right? I'd be compromising every situation, and every time I turn around, I'd be compromising. Did it say you needed to think about it? Did that verse say you need to think about it? Did it say just believe it? It said you say 
I say. So there's some conditions that we have to do. There's some things we have to do. Too many Christians are leaving it uh, too much up in the air when they say, well, you never know. Or when they say, well, it's God's will. It's God's will that that school shooter went in there. No, it's not. It's God's will. It's God's will that the punishment of COVID is coming upon this nation. No. No. It's God's will. God was trying to teach me something. Pastor said this last week. Don't come up for prayer if God's trying to teach you something. Learn it. <laughs> my, my thing is, you know, if you think that God is trying to teach you something with cancer and you die, did you not learn it? Did you not learn the lesson? God's not going to use bad to teach us anything. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes to give us life. Jesus came to this earth to give us life. If there's destruction going on in my life, I look at myself first. Never look at God. I look at myself first. And it might be caused by an individual or, or something, but I look at those things first and say, Where, what do I need to change? What do I need to get out of my life? What do I need to to do to change the situation from never happening again. And guess what? The Holy Spirit shows us. And it, it, whatever happened or whatever situation we went through can be rough and life-altering. I mean, I just went through a situation last year that was life-altering. But you know, God brought me through. Amen. And He brought me through ahead. Not just financially, I'm debt-free. I have more money than I've ever had in my life. But he brought me through with a peace of mind, healthy and strong. Amen. More confident than I've ever been. Being able to do things I've never, you know, thought I was going to do. My stepmom grabbed me by the hand. We were getting ready to watch the parade. And she grabbed me by the hand. She said, it was just a year ago. I said, I know. I said, it was a lifetime ago. It was a year ago. That's it. And God got me through. And not only did he just, you know, I didn't just survive. I was victorious. Victorious. Because I kept my mind on him. I was determined to stay in peace and joy in believing. Amen? God wants us. What the enemy meant for your bad, God is going to turn around and make you victorious. Praise the Lord. We have to answer the situation, and we don't answer it with fear or anger, because anger is just a form of fear. Amen? God's will is to protect us. His will is to, to, to defend us. And we need to say, we need to say it. Let's read verse 4. I'm going to read out of that same translation. I mean, verse 3 and five, through 5. He will keep us safe from all hidden danger and from all deadly diseases. He will cover you with his wings and you will be safe in his care. His faithfulness will protect you and defend you. 
He's faithful to do exactly what he promised. Amen? Amen. You need not fear from danger at night or sudden attack during the day or plagues that strike in the night in the dark or evils that kill in the daylight. A thousand may fall dead beside you and 10,000 all around you, but you will not be harmed. They can come at you and say, hey, this is happening and you need to be warned and you need to take precautions and you need to do this and you need to do that because it's happening. A thousand at my side and 10,000 at my right hand and it will not come nigh me. Amen? Uh, I, I declare that as I'm coming down to 83rd. I declare it. I declare it when a situation's going on. I declared it over my brother that death would not happen to him. I declared it. And there have been times in my past life, in my Christian walk, where I didn't. And I was in a situation that I never should have been in. But I didn't say. But I didn't take what God had for me. It was there available for me the whole time, and I didn't take it by saying. Take a hold by saying, right? Now, when we read this passage... About him keeping us from all these situations. That's a far cry from you just never know. Right? That doesn't even come close to you just never know. God said this. The world is saying you just never know. Whose report are we going to believe? Amen? We're going to believe what God says. Now, wait a minute. God said this. Yes, the world is over here saying that, but God said he was going to protect us. God said he was going to defend us. God said it. I'm going to grab a hold of it. You know, even Job, he, he was saying the wrong things, and he was believing the wrong things. And some bad things happened in his life. Horrible things happened. But it, he turned around and said that his God was faithful. He turned around and said, I recognize that I was not saying, I wasn't doing my part. I wasn't saying the faithfulness of God. And it, it left a door open. I told you the story one time, our, our dog, Sabu, we no longer have him anymore, but he was a good dog. But if you left something open, he was going to eat it. <laughs> and... We tried to always shut Sam and Larry's door because their room was a mess. I don't know if anybody had teenage boys like that, but it was just easier to shut it than fight them. It was. If I shut it, it saved a lot of aggravation in my life. And Sabu ate everything. So uh, shut the door. Everybody say shut the door. Well, one day I went off to work, and Larry Gale went off. He was going to college at Haskell back then, and he forgot to shut the door. And Sabu got in there. And Sabu found this medicine, a tube of medicine, in Larry's gym bag and got in there and ate it all. I'm surprised it didn't make him sick. It didn't. And he was so mad that that medicine was gone. I said, but you left the door open. 
When we say what God says, it shuts the door on destruction. It shuts the door on lack. It shuts the door on sickness when we say what he says. Right? So we've got to shut the door. If we left it open, shut it. Just do it. Just shut it by saying. Shut it by saying. Now, people think it's arrogant when you start talking the way you talk. <laughs> when we start talking the way God talks. They think it, that you're being arrogant. But God said it. All you're doing is saying what God said. Is God arrogant? No, he's almighty. He's a loving God. I would, I would not like for my kids to say something opposite of what I am to them. You know, if, if they say something that's horrible and expect things that aren't good and, you know, I never have anything to eat and there's a cupboard full of food, right? Or, you know, like I told you, Elijah, he uh, was starving and practically melting down on the, on the concrete, you know. I'm like, I'm going to take you to McDonald's before we go home. Just have patience, right? He wasn't believing that we were going to leave. He was looking at his situation and the conditions around him, and he was falling apart. But we, we don't fall apart. We trust him. He's faithful to do it. So this is what we believe in perilous times. We believe in God's faithfulness. We believe in God's defense. We believe in God's protection. We don't believe the report of this world. It might be the fact, but the truth always changes the fact. God's word is truth. He is my protector. Uh, let's read in verse 8 through 10. It says, you will look and see how the wicked are punished. You have made the Lord your defender, the most high your protector. What would you do? You made him your defender. You made him your protector by saying. Amen. And no disaster will strike you and no violence will come near your home. Because you made him your defender. You made him your protector. Now, I pray over my house. You know, I live by myself. And so I pray protection over my house. And the other night, I, was, I woke up. I was, you know, I was out. And I woke up to the scratching on my window screen. And at first, I'm like, oh, it's probably a raccoon. Lord, don't let a raccoon get in my house. And my, my body's wanting to go back to sleep. And then I kind of heard it again. I mean, it was like real fast, boom, 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 you know. I'm like, what? And I laid there for a second, and I opened my eyes. And my dad had put a motion light in my backyard, you know, because he wants me to be protected. So he put a motion light in my backyard. I'm like, my motion light's on. Was it the raccoons? I haven't seen any raccoons in my yard. I mean, they might be. And so I laid there. And then I rolled over, and my lights, my alarm was blinking, my clock. I'm like, why is my electricity off? Is it raining out? Is there a storm? Is this what's going on? And 
I instantly thought, in my brain, not in my heart, is someone messing with my electricity and trying to get into my house? See, see the thought? Don't take thought by saying. And I thought it, so I sat up in bed. I went and got Skylar. That's my weapon. That's her name. Uh, went and got Skylar. And I'm in my nightgown in my house. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to look out the window because I didn't want to see a raccoon. Because that window kind of sets low. And so I went to my back porch, turned on the light on the back, on the butt. I say back porch is a closed in laundry room. And nothing was there, which shouldn't be because there's another lock. I'm like, okay, let's just open the blind. So I'm like, <coughs> opening the blind. My light was on. My neighbor's motion light was on. Not seeing any raccoons, not seeing any people. So I closed it back down. I'm getting to my kitchen. I'm like, okay, God. You know, got my nightgown and my gun. We're all good. I'm like, okay, God, tell me what to do. Do I need to call 911? Because, you know, the lights are on. Not only mine, but my neighbor's is on. And, you know, the, the flashing of the electricity got me. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, show me what I need to do. And so I typed in 911, didn't push send. I'm like, God, tell me what I need to do. Do I need to call somebody? The only person I can call is Sammy because Sammy's the only one that stays up all night. <laughs> Sleeps all day, stays up all night. He'd be the only one to answer. And I start, I'm sitting there, and finally I sat on my bed. I said, should I call? And the Holy Spirit just said, that noise was your printer. The electricity went off. And that noise was your printer kicking on that's in my room when the electricity came back on. I busted out laughing. I said, God, thank you that no evil shall befall me. Thank you, Lord, that you protect me. Amen? Amen. I didn't allow my mouth to say. Now, in my physical, I took some action, right? Nothing wrong with that. But then I said, God, I did open my mouth when I said this. God, tell me what I need to do. And the Holy Spirit answered. Amen. It's your printer. I'm at 3 o'clock in the morning cracking up. <laughs> right? I could have made a big deal. Police would have been at my house. <laughs> Sam would be calling his brother, trying to get everybody in the world over to my house. But I didn't overreact. And I don't think having a gun in the air in my kitchen is overreacting. I don't. Now, if we went out in my backyard, <laughs> that would have been overreacting. But I'm like, okay, Lord. All right, Lord. Show me what I need to do. Okay? I know you guys are probably thinking, that woman. But here's the thing. People get uncomfortable when you start talking this way. And you'll be saying whatever it is you're going to say. And they're like, well, but well... But, well, what are they about to say? You just never know. That's what they're going to say. 
You just never know is not in this word. Nowhere in this world word does it say you never know what's going to happen. You just never know. If it's not in here, we should not be saying it. Because God is an all-knowing God. And he told us that we could ask for wisdom. And we can ask to help us understand things and see things. We should not be saying, you just never know. We shouldn't be saying it. We need to back it up. What it says at the beginning of Psalms 91 where it says, I say, and I say that he's my protector. I say that he's my defender, right? Who's this scripture for? That's right, me, you. The scripture is for those who say, but you got to say it. You have to say it. Then it's for you. I will ask my students, Jesus. We got to pray every five seconds when as teachers. Sometimes I walk back to my desk going, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I would say, did everybody get a paper? Yes, yes, yes. Everybody got a paper. We'll say it three times. Everybody got a paper. I will go start to teach the lesson under the document camera. Miss Price, you forgot me. They're almost in tears. You forgot to give me a paper. Like their world is going to end because they don't have a paper. I said, I asked three times. Three. You're not listening. Right? We can't cry if God can't, doesn't protect us because we didn't say. Our job is the same. A lot of people out here want God's protection. When things happen, they put it on Facebook. Please pray. But they're not serving God one day in their life. You are not qualified for God's protection when you don't say. Amen. You have to call it in. You have to claim it. You have to say, that's for me. I will take that, Lord. Thank you for your protection over my life. Thank you for defending me, Lord. Right? We take it by saying. We take a hold of it by saying. That's who it's for. Verse uh, 11 and 12, it says, God will put his angels in charge over you to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up in their hands to keep you from hurting your feet on the stones. Got time for another story? Uh, when I was going to school in Lawrence, uh, a couple days before this happened, my brother got in a wreck. And I know you, some of you have heard the story, but again, good story. We're telling again and again. Uh, anyway, he got in a wreck. Someone T-boned him at a stoplight. The guy ran the stoplight and hit my brother. And praise God, he was fine. Everything was good. Um, Another family member said, that's my greatest fear. That's my greatest fear. That's my greatest fear. What does God say about fear? Fear not. And I knew I could not minister to that family member. They, they have not opened. As a matter of fact, they've shut the door on me to say anything to them about anything. 
And so I just kept my mouth quiet and went on. And the next day, I'm driving through Lawrence, and those thoughts came through my head of that person saying, that's my biggest fear. And I kind of chuckled, you know, like they're never going to know the protection of God. And I turned the corner on uh, Massachusetts Street, and uh, I'm going across town to Sunflower, and i got to go fast to Sunflower Elementary because it's all the way across town, and i got to get there by a certain time. So here I'm at Haskell, and i got to turn, uh, you know, get off campus, turn and get to uh, Sunflower, which is miles away, by this certain time. So I, I'm always in a rush to go that way. And as I turned on to Mass Street before I got to 23rd, God said, aren't you, the Holy Spirit told me, aren't you going to answer that? Are you just going to let that thought be there? That's my biggest fear. That's not my biggest fear, but he needed me to answer it so his protection could come in. Amen. Amen? And so I answered it. I said, Lord, I thank you that no evil shall befall me. I thank you though a thousand uh, fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. It doesn't come nigh me. Lord, I thank you that you protect me in every area of my life. Turned on 23rd. I hesitated. Usually I'm the first one in that turn lane on 23rd in Louisiana. So I can turn right there by checkers and get on the back roads and get to Sunflower Elementary. I'm usually the first one. And I hesitated. I'm not saying I hesitated on purpose. I don't know why I hesitated. And another car got in front of me. I'm like, in my flesh, I'm like, okay, it's not going to, you know, a few seconds, not going to make me late. And uh, I was always ready. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I got one foot on the brake and one on the gas. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, so I got one foot on the brake and one on the gas, and I'm watching. I'm watching their light, not my light. They're like, like it's a drag race or something. <laughs> as soon as theirs turn red, I start going because mine's going to turn green. Well, I'm behind a car. I can't do that now. And so uh, that car pulls out when they're supposed to. They didn't have one foot on the brake and one on the gas. But anyway, they, they pulled out, and a van ran that stop line and hit them. And instantly... God said, I protected you because you answered it. Amen. I didn't hesitate. My angels hesitated me and moved me over when I was supposed to be moved over. If I wouldn't have moved, that thing would have fell right on me. The angel moved you over, right? Right. Man, if I would have done this or that, if I would have been on time for work, I would have gotten that big old wreck. The angels hesitated you. You see what I'm saying? Amen. When you start saying what God's saying about the angels can come in and start operating what they're supposed to do in your life. Angels aren't just there to look pretty. (laughs) They're there to serve us. They're there to do things for us. Verse 13 You will trample down lions and snakes, fierce lions and poisonous snakes. God says, I will save those that love me and protect those who acknowledge me 
as Lord. Amen? We have to do some acknowledgement. We have to be aware of him. We have to make him Lord. We have to say some things. Verse 15, when they call me, I will answer. Why isn't God doing anything for me? Are you talking to him? Are you saying what he wants to hear from you? Right? A lot of times people get, do you have that friend that calls you and just complains on the phone? Plus, I don't like to be around people like that. All they do is complain. And you can give them some Holy Ghost advice, but they're not going to listen to it because they're just going to complain. They're happy in that, that world. God doesn't want to hear all your complaining. He wants to hear what you know about him. He wants to hear your faith in his word. So when we acknowledge him, he answers us. He hears us. He loves us. He protects us. Verse 15, when, we call, when they call me, I will answer. When they are in trouble, I will be with them. I will rescue them and honor them. I will reward them with long life. I will save them. The King James Version says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. All right, you ready? I'm sure you're ready because God has dealt with me and I'm just going to share what, what God has dealt with me on. With long life, I shall satisfy you. Being sick and barely being able to move in my long life is not God's plan. Amen. And God is showing me things I need to change and get rid of or do in order to be healthy in my old age. And a lot of sicknesses that come upon us is self-inflicted. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at me. But if it helps you, praise God. <laughs> the things we eat, the things we do, the things we don't do, right? You ever seen that commercial, the body in motion stays in motion, right? My dad... Uh, it has a little bit of trouble walking, and so I got the truck and went through the alleyway and picked him up. And it's just, you know, a small truck. And so him and my stepmom were in the, the cab, and I rode in the back. And in my mind, I'm like, I am too old to be sitting on this little hump. Will well. I'm like, stop it. And I got down there. And so uh, I thought, okay, well, I need to go. My mind is saying this stuff to me. Go to the back and, you know, use the little bumper and step out of it. I tapped on the window when they got here to my car, and I just jumped right off the side of it with no hesitation. Think I can't and I can? Think I won't and I will? Right? Sometimes you got to tell your body that. I saw this lady one time get out of her car, and I'm not against this lady. I don't even know who she is. But the devil will play with your mind. And she gets out, and she's really struggling. She wasn't much older than I was. And I'm like, Lord, I, I thank you for strength. I thank you for strength, Lord. You know, I'm not saying I don't want to be like that person. But I know that God wants me in strength and power. Amen? And I get out of my car and the, and the Holy Spirit says, do something with that strength. And I'm telling you, I leaped. I'm like, <laughs> up the curb. Think I can't and I can? Right? Now, I'm not asking you to go out there and be crazy and go cliff diving or something. I'm not asking that. 
But take some steps. Amen? Start recognizing. Hey, Lord, why is this happening to me? Is there something I need to change? Is there something I need to quit eating? Is there something I need to quit doing? Is there something I need to do in order for this to stop or be in my life? One of the two. We need to ask him. And then listen. I told you guys one time uh, Dr. Dufresne was here, and he was praying with, for people with headaches. And he's like, are you drink, d- drinking diet soda? Are you drinking diet Coke? And they would say yes, and he said, you need to stop it. I'm like, ah, how can he tell people quit drinking diet Coke, right? Because I was drinking a lot of diet Coke. I had a relationship with diet Coke. <laughs> I was drinking at least six cans a day. I told you it was a relationship. (laughs) And those words, Dr. Dufresne's voice would come back to me all the time. That's why you have headaches. Get rid of it. I was taking Advil every day for headaches. Every day. Believe in God to heal me from these headaches. But I did not want to listen to the Holy Spirit tell me to get rid of Diet Coke. I didn't want to hear it. And uh, my flesh didn't want to hear it. And finally, my spirit man said, are you going to listen or not? And this is a couple years later. I'm still enduring that Diet Coke. And I quit drinking Diet Coke. I haven't had a Diet Coke in years, probably 10 years. And maybe longer. And uh, I don't suffer with those headaches. I had them every day. Now, I'm not telling you to do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> That's between you and God. But if the Holy Spirit is witnessing to you, then there, that might be the cure, right? Yeah. If God's telling you to quit you know, buying so much little Debbies, then stop buying them little Debbies. <laughs> Although they're delicious. You don't need them if God is telling you to get rid of them, right? There's some things God wants to do in your health life, but we got to stop doing the thing that's going to get against and contrary to the word of God. With long life, he wants to satisfy us. I'm not going to be satisfied if I'm hurting. That's not a satisfying life. I want to be strong in my old age. I want to be happy and satisfied in my old age, full of joy. Full of vigor, right? She's spunky in her old age. That's right. That's what I want to be. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. God is good. He wants to protect us. He wants to defend us. He wants to keep us safe. But the first step in order to do that is to make a relationship with the Almighty God. He has to be the Lord of your life. Jesus needs to be the savior of your life. And what that means is I, you know what? I'm committing all my life to him. Cuz my life without him, I, and we we've, we've been without him. My life without him is no good. My life without him is destruction. My life without him is unsure. But with God, we are full of life. Full of protection. Full of health.